everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. What's up, everybody? This is episode 107 for the Hotter Than Health podcast. I'm so pumped that you guys are here. I need to address something right now. I, oh God. The other day, I was in my car listening back to episode 106 with Netta. We had the most incredible episode. If you guys haven't heard it, we talk all about absorption, we talk about the liver, we talk about colonics, we talk about the importance of anti-inflammatory foods. We had it was one of the best podcast interviews I've had in a really long time because Netta is just so she's just very intelligent. She speaks intentionally and she really knows her shit. <laughs> so anyways, oh my god, I can't kill myself for that pun. But I was listening back to it. I was in my car driving, having an amazing day. It was like gorgeous in Charleston, not a cloud in the sky. And oh my God, my ears were bleeding. Um, uh, we had only one voice on one side of my car, only one voice on the other side of the car. The audio was completely cut in half so that only like, if you're walking around with AirPods in listening to this one episode, and one of your AirPods dies, you're fucked and you're either only listening to me talk about poop or you're only talking, listening to Netta talk about poop. And it was, I am so sorry. So just as a warning, when you're going into this, charge your iPhone, charge your AirPods so that you can get the full effect and just know that this episode and all episodes moving forward, you will not have to deal with all that. I am so... Sorry, I've, I've been doing this for two and a half years. I've done a hundred plus episodes, but I get new, one new fancy piece of fucking equipment and I think I'm cool by investing in myself and then I don't know how to use it and then trial and error. But I feel like I say trial and error a lot and it's just getting old and it is time for me to just get some shit right. So I want to make it super easy for everyone to listen to the podcast and by making your ears bleed, um, that's not really helpful. So Full disclosure, I know that that happened. It sucked, but the conversation was 10 out of 10. You still need to check it out. Just maybe go into it not in the car, especially if you have more than one person in the car. And I didn't know any of this until my boyfriend told me the other night. He was like, look, I love the podcast, but I just can't do it. I can't do those episodes. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, wow, probably you should take a little taste of your own medicine and listen to some of your fucking episodes. So thank you for that. And kind of pissed that none of you guys told me this anyways. So I guess that means it wasn't that big of an issue, but to me, it definitely was moving on, moving forward today, episode 107. I'm pumped. Um, so a lot of people that we have on the podcast are, professionals in the industry. They are people that I really look up to. They are entrepreneurs. They have a story. They know what they're talking about. They've been preaching about it for a long time. And the reason I'm really pumped about this episode today is because Rebecca Lee, the girl who we're going to be interviewing today, she is a holistic nutritionist. 
she's, if you want to look her up on Instagram, she's Rebecca Lee, L-E-I-G-H. And she's really awesome. She focuses on intuitive eating. And what I really find interesting about our conversation is her perspective because she is fairly new out of college. She's young. She's a 23-year-old. And she just has a really mature perspective. And I think that that will be helpful because I think a lot of our audience here for Hotter Than Health is um, anywhere from like mid-20s, late-20s to early 40s, even 50s. I don't know, but it kind of, it goes all over the place, but there are some college students who message me and people who just graduated or who are still like maybe in grad school or nursing school or maybe they're even in um, their senior year of high school who I've got messages from, which is incredible. I'm so pumped that this is reaching so many ears and so many different people. And it is nice to finally have someone who has kind of just gone through that journey of going through college late in high school, starting to understand why nutrition was important to her and starting to kind of give us a taste of how early these these thoughts and these feelings, these distorted ways of thinking have come up. And you'll notice how in the beginning of the conversation, we, we reference social media a lot. It's like you do not realize how profound of an effect social media can have on your day-to-day and on your mind, on your mental health until you hear it from someone who's physically going through it. You know, I think I look at a lot of people and I'm like, oh my God, they're on social media all the time, or they don't know how to have a conversation because they're on social media all the time. But then I realize, like I am in it. I am just as much in it as anybody else is. And it's just, it's really eye-opening to see how much of an effect social media has had on the way that young girls and guys, and not even young, I mean, I'm almost 28, And a lot of our listeners are older than, you know, in their late 30s. Maybe they have a couple kids. Maybe they have grandkids. I don't know. They're older than me. Maybe they didn't grow up on social media. But I think we can all really understand a little bit better after this episode how impactful social media can be on our, the way we perceive our bodies, the way that we think of diet culture, the way that we think we need to make progress, and really just enhancing that compare and despair game that we all play daily. And, you know, I I think it's nice to have someone a little younger with a different perspective having just come out of it. She has a fresh take and she just gets right to the point. And a lot of it references social media and how she's like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's all over the place. And all these people that we look up to when we get into fitness and nutrition and all of these different things, we talk about intuitive eating, how to, uh, pardon, how to work through food guilt and shame and overeating. A lot of questions came in about binge eating, things like that. And um, before we get into it, I, I think it's such a funny time, such funny timing because it's Wednesday night. I'm in my living room. I never recorded my living room. That's why the acoustics are a little weird and it's a bit echoey, but it just felt right. I didn't want to do it in my bedroom because I am trying to not do any work in my bedroom, but I am just blown away by this timing. I woke up this morning feeling pretty good had a decent workout, listened to my body. I was kind of pushing it too far. And then I was like, I just need to stretch and I just need to do body weight stuff. 
And all day, you know, I meditated twice, like two 45-minute meditations. And that sounds crazy to some people, but sometimes I just need that. And it really has like 80% of the time been really great. Like I'm buzzing after these meditations, but today I just couldn't get into it. I had a couple of calls for work. I did a little bit of work on the computer. Overall, it was a fine, productive, run-of-the-mill day, but I just got into this, this awful, anxious feeling of not being good enough, not feeling like not feeling like I deserve to be in the position that I'm in, not deserving of anything. And, you know, of course, like I'm self-aware of these thoughts and I feel really lucky that I can label my emotions and understand kind of where they're coming from. But sometimes I just, I feel like they come out of nowhere. So all this to say, it was a weird day, not feeling great. And tonight in the kitchen, I did not stop. And when I say I didn't stop, it's like I went into the kitchen to make dinner knowing that I was kind of still full from lunch and I made a massive bowl of veggies. And I'm not saying that all the things that I ate were shitty. Like I was, but it doesn't matter. It, it's about the feeling behind the food that you're eating. Why am I eating this? Do I just want to crunch because I'm anxious Do I just want these sweet foods because I feel like I need some grounding or I need something comforting? Like, do I need an entire warm bowl of soft veggies because I feel like I need something, I don't know, soft, (laughs) comforting? And I kept thinking to myself, I was like, you, you gotta stop. Your stomach already hurts. You're going to feel like shit after, you know, you can't sleep well when you're super full. And I just, there was something about it that I just couldn't stop. And I just kept thinking, I was like, I have got to start recording this episode and say this out loud because I don't have nights like this often, but when I do the overeating, it always leads back to a day where I feel like I'm either not working hard enough or I'm not achieving enough or Things aren't going perfectly as planned and, you know, I, I don't know. It's always just these days of emotional uncertainty that I find myself overeating to the point of complete discomfort on my own in front of a TV. Like everything that I preach against, I was doing tonight and I know it has something to do with my mindset throughout the day and it happens, but I also know that I am prepared in the morning for waking up at 5.45, 6, like I've tried to do, I've been trying to do, that's like been my thing for the past few weeks, it's been feeling really good, is waking up a little bit earlier, haven't been drinking as much, um, and I know I have my hot water with lemon, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, and then I'm going to have my big green juice after I get back from the gym, and I'm really excited for that. Those things still excite me. And so I, I know that I, this is not a problem that I have all the time, but I think that knowing that I have that bounce back rate, that tomorrow I'm, I'm excited to get back on it, that I know it's going to be fine. And I just have to really start to be more emotionally connected to my food. Maybe during these times, maybe I, you know, once it's not so fucking cold outside here in Charleston, but Maybe I'll go outside and 
do my dinner there. Or maybe I'll go for a walk or call a friend before I eat. Or maybe I'll just turn off the TV and do exactly what I told my clients to do. But all that to say, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. And before we get into today's episode, I did want to remain, remi- remain y'all, remind you all that we talk about supplements. So make sure that at the end of this episode, um, we do reference plant-based protein as a good way to get in some protein, especially to keep you full, stabilize blood sugar levels, things like that. Um, and a plant-based protein is the way to do it. So Aura Organics, I have preached about them on every single episode. I bullied them into being a show sponsor. So make sure you guys check out Aura Organics. You can use my code, excuse me, I didn't even booze tonight. Um, but you can use my code Eliza G15. Eliza G15 for 15% off of checkout. Make sure you guys check out the, the protein powder. Um, I've actually had a couple of people reach out saying they use the code, saying that they really like the greens powder and they want more information on that. I think that'd be great to add into your daily routine, especially if you're traveling, you're not going to get your veggies in, high antioxidants, phytonutrients. I think that'd be great. But otherwise, I have not tried it. I also implore you to go check out the digestive enzymes. It's basically like a hundred little mouths going all the way down from your mouth down to your butthole to help you digest best as possible. It is becoming crude that I only talk about shit on this podcast, but we're going to get into it with Rebecca. Um, Also, if you guys have questions on my 12-week program, the nutrition programming, the uh, accountability, the complete overhaul, and so far clients have been having not just amazing results, but so much confidence And once they're finished, it's designed to be a program that you do one time and you feel confident when you leave the program that you are able to sustain habits on your own without it feeling like a diet. So if you're interested in that, feel free to go to the website and book a consultation call. There's a little bit more information on the website when you go to booking. I just added that on there the other day and wanted to give a quick teaser next week. I'm really pumped. We are going to have Naomi Olindo from uh, Shop La Bay, previously on Southern Charm. She's a friend from Charleston. She's incredible, and she has a great story. She has a lot of depth, and she just has this beautiful work ethic. She has this great family connection. She's a really down-to-earth human, and not only does she have like a bang and bod, but she's super into the 80-20 lifestyle. And we're going to talk all about her entrepreneurial journey. We're going to talk about her fitness, her nutrition. We're going to talk about her resilience and all of these amazing things. So I'm, I'm so pumped to have her on. Um, but I think you guys are also going to be very, very happy about today's episode. This is information that I think we could all use a little bit more of. And remember to follow Rebecca at Rebecca Lee on Instagram, on TikTok, and now on YouTube. All right, so without further ado, I bring to you Intuitive Eating with Rebecca Lee. Hello. All right, hey Rebecca, how are you? I'm good, thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, of course. Of course. We're happy to have you. I feel like normally we're talking about 
um, like supplements or pooping or, you know, that kind of thing. And more of the um, science end of food and diet. So it's nice to have a different perspective because I feel like intuitive eating and the mindset behind food is something that is getting a little bit more popular to talk about nowadays. So like the door is kind of wide open right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's, let's get right into it. I want to hear, and we all want to hear about your story into the holistic nutritionist, you know, that entire new part of your life. And we want to hear about your journey, how you got here and what led you. Yeah, definitely. So I would say that my health journey kind of began in the end of my high school career. So growing up, I was always super active. I was a soccer player and I never really had to worry about what I was eating or anything because I was just, you know, playing soccer all the time. But towards the end of high school, I started finding more of the world of like fitness and I started getting really into lifting weights and going to the gym and that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of, you know, tracking my macros, counting calories, um, low body fat percentages, just getting super, super, super obsessed in the world of fitness. And it led me towards a really unhealthy relationship with food as I was just super obsessed with counting calories and um, not listening to my body, but rather, you know, trying to eat eat what I thought was going to help me get to my fitness goals or, you know, be super restrictive or, you know, whatever it was, it just wasn't sustainable. And it started to lead me into more um, binge eating habits. I wouldn't say I had an eating disorder, but I definitely did not have a healthy relationship with food. And in turn, it kind of led me to starting my own um, stomach problems. So I started seeing a GI and other doctors and nothing really worked for me in that department. So once I didn't really get help from that aspect from doctors and all that help, I started going towards more the holistic side of things. And that's what led me down the rabbit hole of like holistic healing and holistic nutrition and making lifestyle changes. And um, it really helped me overall, physically, mentally, emotionally. And with time, I started to find more intuitive eating and um, bettering my relationship with food. So every everything kind of led to the next thing, which led me to here today, to being a holistic nutritionist and talking to you. So that's just the over quick overview of it. Well, and and it's one of those things that affects the individual so personally, but I know, and you know, that you probably hear that exact, like a version of that story all the time. And it's yes. so common. It really where, is. Where we just dive into nutrition based on like plugging in numbers and, and not to poo poo on what men are doing in the industry, but a lot of the times like they mm -hmm. lose weight differently, they mm -hmm. build mass differently, hormones are different. And so we're like, Oh, well counting macros, like that usually works for maybe my boyfriend or I've seen it work for other people. Maybe it'll work for me. Um, so what, and, and not to trigger anybody or, you know, I want to make sure that people know that we don't take, you know, having any types of disordered thoughts about food lightly. And this is something that if you want to use as a resource, that's amazing. But in no way is this like medical advice. I think that everyone should, you know, do what works for them. But I think that we can both agree that this is something that's affecting a lot of people. But um, when you were having 
these thoughts? You started with counting macros. Why did you start with macros? And what were some of the thoughts that would come up that you noticed as you, you know, as you kept going on that journey that you thought was quote unquote right? So what were some of those thoughts like and why macros? Yeah, I think it was really normalized in the fitness world and the fitness industry, especially on social media. I think that's what was really all that was out there. So, you know, following the big fitness names and these girls who had super shredded abs and, um, you know, working out. And I thought I had to hit so much protein in my diet. And um, I was just getting really obsessed with like trying to manipulate my body and manipulate it with the numbers of macros. Um, I mean, wow, this feels so long ago. So I don't even fully remember my thoughts at this of point. Course. Um, but it's just like, I just remember being obsessed with like seeing, watching YouTube videos of seeing what um, macro ca um, calculation this fitness influencer had. And back in the day, like nobody really was talking about, you know, you have to do what's good for you and your body and everyone's individual. Like we're starting to see more now, but back in the day it was like, it wasn't really that well known. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God. It, it was right when influencers really started to become yes. huge. So we were like, this is Bible. This is like mm -hmm. the word of God. We're listening to this person because there weren't as many fitness influencers in the space. So you didn't really have much to go off of. Yeah. Um, but it's funny now. So you think that when I look at influencers now, like even on social media, the people that I've started to follow, the people that I used to follow, it's completely different now yeah. as it was in the beginning. And I'm sure you're the same way. But what's funny is that so many of the amazing women that I follow now, like Melissa Wood Health, and um, I mean, I could go on, I won't, but just all of these amazing people that focus on intuitive eating and whole foods and non-processed ingredients, they have come from a space of disordered thoughts or obsessive macro counting. Right. So like it takes learning that that is not sustainable for everyone to get to a place of healing. Yes, so. definitely. That's so interesting, I feel like. So, so of course, genetics do play a part in it, and it's so easy to be like, oh, well, she's thin. So what could she possibly need to lose, or what could possibly be fixed, or what does she need to work on? Why isn't she confident? And there are so many girls who are feeling this sense of insecurity and lack of confidence and just in not knowing where to go. So we have a lot of questions that have come in from your followers, my followers, and a lot of them have to do with um, how do we recognize disordered thoughts and how do we recognize hunger cues? So what would you say to someone now who is struggling with their identity, struggling with diet culture and all that? Like, what would you say to someone who's struggling with that? Yeah, I think my first piece of advice would be to limit how much and often you're seeing this on social media. I think that was the first step for me was to stop mindlessly following all the people and listening to what all these people on social media were saying. So if, if you find that it's becoming obsessive, I would first take a step back from all the social media you're consuming of it. 
And then second would be to start reconnecting with your body again. And there's a lot of different ways you can start reconnecting with your body. Um, for me, I really enjoy journaling and meditation. So meditation just really teaches you how to be present in the moment and in your body, which can really help you figure out your hunger cues and what you actually are craving um, rather than letting your mind take over. And same goes for journaling. Journaling, you can really get yourself in the moment and aware of how you're feeling and what you're thinking. Absolutely. And I've recently taken up journaling and um, it's. I saw that you had come out with your first product, which is awesome. You just came out with like an intuitive eating journal. So let's take a step back. Also, you're going to hear my dog wearing high heels. <laughs> yeah. Jack has got long fingernails, so you can hear him. Um, but tell us, okay, what is your definition of intuitive eating? And what does that mean to you? Because I feel like it gets bounced around, but we don't really know, you know? Yeah, I think intuitive eating, I mean, there's a lot of definitions out there. It all kind of goes back to you are the expert of your own body and you know your body the best. It's hunger cues, how it's feeling, what it's craving, what satisfies you, what doesn't make you feel good. And I think that's really at the core of intuitive eating because everyone's body is so, so, so different and different foods are going to make people feel differently. Um, I think it's so important for everyone to really be the expert of their body. And, you know, when you get to a place of saying, okay, I know that I'm hungry, I'm full, so I'm going to stop eating, or I know this food isn't going to make me feel great. I'm going to get super bloated by it. So I'm not going to eat it. So intuitive really taps into you knowing your body your best and also being super aware of your body and what yeah. it's craving. Um, so it's not about using your mind when it comes to eating, but rather you know, utilizing your body and listening to what your body is saying yeah. when you're eating, not your mind. Yeah. Well, I also think that, like you were saying, even in the very beginning, people are starting in this diet culture so young that they get yeah. flooded. They get so flooded with what they should do. So that inner voice is really, it's muffled and it's kind of clouded out by the shoulds and the exactly. trends and it honestly sometimes it just takes like one day to be like oh wow i don't think i need to eat this and usually it's on a day where you're doing things that feel good to you you're doing things you know it's never on a stressful day or on a low day that you're making those really powerful food decisions so i think that mind really does come first do yeah. you have do you have like a morning routine or anything that you do or not even morning if you're not a morning person, but anything specific that you do. So like your journal prompts, talk about that. Do you do it before meals or do you just do it once in a while? Yeah. So specifically for the intuitive eating journal I just launched, there are a few different types of prompts that you can do. So like before and after meals or more of like mindset shift and self-love prompts that you could really do at any time. Um, for me personally, I think I've gotten to a point today where I don't feel the need to be doing these before and after meal prompts as much. However, I created them because I thought, because I wish that I had something like that when I was going through my journey and learning intuitive eating, I think it would have sped up the process a lot more. Mm -hmm. But um, my routines now really go back to the whole journaling and meditation. Um, 
I don't have a lot of time in the mornings. I'm super busy, but I think taking five or 10 minutes as soon as you wake up to just meditate and take a few deep breaths and visualize how you, how you want your day to go is always an amazing thing. And that's something I try to do every day. Visualization is so powerful. And I Mm -hmm. feel like my meditations have turned into like visualization time, hypnotherapy that so much so that I just look, I look forward to them. If someone was like, turn your brain off, it just gives me anxiety thinking that I have to be silent and quiet and still. (laughs) When you think about like your dream life and your dream day, your dream moment, then it makes it exciting. Um, And I love that. So getting into the before and after. So of course this has to do with, um, of course this has to do with nutrition in a sense. So when you're physically looking at the journal, you're writing in, okay, how do I feel before this meal? Um, I want to talk about the relation between feeling stress and feeling dis-ease in your day and in your life and how that can come up as bloat, how it can come up as dis-ease in the body and how it can um, really turn against us. So what do you think about the relationship with stress internally, externally having to do with our digestion and bloat? Yeah, I think it is super, super, super connected. And I see it in myself. I honestly had a pretty stressful week or two these past few weeks, and I can already tell it's taking a a toll on my digestion and um, and my bloating. So it is definitely connected. The gut-brain connection is super, super real. But also when you're feeling stress and like anxiety, your body, especially the parasympathetic nervous system, like isn't going to be relaxed and wanting to digest your food. So when you're stressed, we're not letting our bodies get in a place, in a state of rest and digest, which then in turn causes bloating and digestion issues because we're not digesting our food well. Um, And it's definitely connected. And I think that back in the day when I would stress about every little thing that I put into my body, it just made my stomach and bloating issues worse because my body wouldn't want to digest the food if I was stressed about eating it, <laughs> I was putting myself in a stressful position even before eating the food. So it is definitely connected. And I think it's something that everyone, myself included to this day, could take steps to, um, you know, helping. We live in a stressful society, but there's things we can do to help. I totally agree. And I think that's so good to say out loud is that you are this resource of, you know, how to combat certain heavy thoughts that may lead to indigestion, bloat, all these different things, focusing on intuitive eating, but you still struggle with it. You still are constantly a practitioner of what you preach. Um, And I think that's so important to constantly keep learning so that you can constantly be relatable. Um, And that kind of, it makes me think, so I picture, I have to use analogies for everything. It just makes it easier to remember. But like, going into a meal when you're going out with girlfriends or with family and you want to be spending time and be present, but you're constantly worried about the calories or, you know, oh, your fitness coach told you you shouldn't have this X, Y, Z. 
then it's like throwing food into a blender that's already on. You know, it's like, give it a second. Like, you let it settle in, then move things around. And I think that you're so right. It just, it just sets you up for so much more stress even afterwards, which brings me to um, guilt, which comes up a lot in some of these questions, like food, guilt, and what, what you feel after you're overeating. A lot of people were asking about binge eating. A lot of people were saying, hey, how do I get past these thoughts of kind of just self-doubt and self-worth thoughts after binge eating or a really heavy meal? So um, intuitively, like, what would you say or what do you, what have you started to think about yourself if you've had a night where you're like, whoops, I ate a whole pizza, you know? Yeah, no, it's funny. I actually just talked about this on my stories yesterday. Um, Yeah, I, because food guilt is definitely a question and a topic I get asked a lot. And I know how much that feeling sucks. So I think the biggest thing that's helped me and to the point of place today where I really don't experience much food guilt like ever um, is just moving on. And I think that we dwell so much on like everything that we eat when really it's like the quicker and and easier you can just move on past it and say, you know, I enjoyed that meal. Um, Tomorrow I'm going to get back to, you know, eating my usual oatmeal or salad or like whatever it is. Um, I just think that dwelling and harping on the fact that you ate something out of your diet in a negative way will just make things a hundred times worse when really it's, it's really not a big deal. Like one food won't make a difference on your body. So the quicker and easier you can just move on and push those like negative thoughts to the side. Um, I think the better off you'll be. Totally. Totally. And, and I think that's so true. And, um, even some tactics that I have set clients up with, I'm just, you know, don't put yourself in a, if you know that you are susceptible to these thoughts and you've been struggling with it, then maybe think about doing what you can to limit the opportunity that you would have those thoughts, like removing screens when you are eating or making sure you're hydrated, not during your meal, but making sure that you're hydrated before your meal. And if it is a heavier meal and you're expecting that and looking forward to it, then maybe make sure that you have more greens in your, in your lunch or in your breakfast, you know, what are, is there anything that you tell people specifically or you do to, you know, avoid even setting yourself up for a situation where you might be like, ugh, afterwards? I think the biggest piece of advice, advice I would give to someone um, would be to make sure that you're eating really balanced meals throughout the day. Um, and keeping that blood sugar stable. I think that we get in situations where we're going to be more likely to overeat if we are um, not having those balanced meals throughout the day. So if we eat something that's just carbs, we'll get like a blood sugar crash later in the day or, um, you know, something that's not filling with a healthy fat or a protein. So I always try to make my meals at least pretty balanced in that sense. So I always feel like pretty full and satisfied and not um, like dying for, you know, some sort of a lot of food or something. Wait, I know. Okay. I follow you personally and I want everyone to follow you because I just, 
you have such a clean aesthetic and it's like your recipes are just not overwhelming and they look so great. So a lot of things came up about carbs. So, and this is like direct quote from, I want to say one, two or three or so different people who were just so interested in, um, and just in carbs. So a lot of people said, Hey, I really crave sweets throughout the day and at night. What are some ways to, um, not crave so many starchy or sweet treats throughout the night? Yeah. So I think that answer is kind of, there's two parts to it. I think the first thing to remember is that the less sugar you eat, the less you'll crave it. And the more sugar you eat, the more you'll crave it because sugar is technically like a drug. <laughs> it, the body responds to it in the same way that it does to like a drug. So if the less you eat of it, the less you'll crave it. However, I myself have a huge sweet tooth a lot of the time, if you can't tell with my dessert recipes. But that being said, I try to opt for desserts that have whole food ingredients in them and not unrefined sugars because it still makes me feel my best. It really has nothing to do with like desserts for weight loss or desserts for diet, whatever. It's really just because I know that these ingredients won't upset my stomach and I'll still have um, stable energy throughout the day. So if you are craving something, I think that, you know, making a healthier dessert, um, whatever that may be, is always a good option and it always can satisfy your sweet tooth. For sure. And, and I think that also I, I look at your ingredients and I really, really, really want to make the no bake or maybe it is a bake. It's like a, some kind of brownie chocolate chip situation and it looks so great, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is dense. This is filling. This is like, there's some coconut oil in there. There's like, I don't know if there's chickpea flour, but there's definitely, there's calories involved. And I feel like so many times we think about, um, oh, well, doesn't that have a lot of fat in it, even though it's really healthy? Or doesn't that have a lot of, you know, sugar in it, even though it's got fiber wrapped around it, like fruit? Um, You know, I think that that even goes towards intuitive eating where you're just looking at ingredients as far as like what you're reading on a label. Yeah, definitely. I think that ingredients trump the calories in my opinion because if you're eating a healthier dessert that is maybe a little bit more calorically dense you'll feel more satisfied and filled versus a you know an quote-unquote unhealthier dessert that's really just made with um sugars and unrefined you know carbs or Mm -hmm. refined carbs you'll want to eat more of it because it's less filling and you're, it's just going to spike your blood sugar. So it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like, which one would you rather have? (laughs) Yeah. And it's one of those things that goes, it all goes back to intuitive eating where you're saying, okay, well, you know, I can either go into my kitchen and make 10 servings of this quote unquote healthy thing, or should I just have a bite of the really dense gooey brownie? You know, like sometimes if you really can't satisfy that craving with that you maybe are having obsessive thoughts about, then maybe just have a bite of the brownie, you know, just like you do that. You have a glass of wine, you'll have pizza once in a while. It's not going to, yeah. All about balance. Love it. Um, Well, this came up a lot as well. And I was kind of scrolling through questions and I noticed a lot of people in college saying that it was challenging to intuitive eat. And 
I totally agree with that. People are in your ear all the time in college about what you should and shouldn't do. Everyone's trying to find their identity. So everyone thinks they have the right answer and everyone has an opinion. So what would you say to someone that is struggling? Like what specifically would you say to someone who is struggling with bloat in college, you know, right before they go out every time they go out? I remember that was a huge problem for me and I just was so self-conscious. I was like, oh, I look great in this dress, but I'm just puffed up in my belly all the time. Yeah, I think teas helped me a lot, or at least when I was in college and before going out, I would drink like dandelion tea, ginger tea, some sort of tea. Um, I think working out maybe earlier in the day, not right before going out also helped. Um, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's hard to say for sure because bloating is different for everyone and different reasons for each person, but that's at least what helped me. I like that. I think that the hot teas are really, really good. And a lot of people mm-hmm. just like chug ice water. I'm like, that's going to yeah. freeze everything up in there. Just, I completely agree. And now that it's cold right now, it's just hot teas are just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, and they fill me up. Like you and I are both drinking tea. Yeah, we're drinking it now. <laughs> both drinking it. Um, oh, here comes Jack with his high heels. But, um, okay. So next question on just generally thinking about supplements. So I think some supplements are good supplementally to supplement. Excuse me. Um, I think that some supplements are okay. Sometimes, especially if you like you have blood work done or you're lacking in something, your body can't absorb something. What do you think about supplements? Do you take any supplements? Like speaking from a holistic perspective, what are your thoughts on like protein powders and bars and Yeah. I think supplements are just super individualized for the person. Um, Like you said, I think getting blood work done and knowing what you're deficient in rather than guessing is always super helpful. Like for example, for me, I'm always low on vitamin B12. And I think that's something that's pretty common in women, but um, I do supplement sometimes when I remember (laughs) to take it Um, helps with energy. But besides that, I really don't take that many supplements because I truly do believe if you're eating a whole foods diet that's primarily based in like plant-based foods and um you know foods that have a lot of vitamins and minerals and nutrients i don't think supplements are super necessary unless you get blood work done and find out you're super deficient protein powders i do think are a convenient way to get more protein in but i honestly don't really eat them that much um I don't feel the need to, but I know that it works for some people. It's just, yeah. So do you get a lot of questions? I know that when someone says, oh, holistic nutritionist, it's like, oh, they must be vegan, you know? And that's a super common misconception. Like I definitely eat seafood once in a while. I'll have like a slice of pizza, like maybe once every couple months randomly, just because I don't really like cheese that much. But um, yeah, I think that when you're looking as a whole holistic nutritionist, a lot of people think that you are, or not you, but someone in that realm would be vegan. So when you're looking at buying animal products and when you're looking at different ingredients in the grocery store, when, if, if someone is on their health journey and they want to start adopting more of a plant dominant lifestyle, but still have their animal proteins in there, how would you, set them up to say, okay, well, look for this kind or yeah. are there any like non-negotiables that you would not have? 
Yeah, if I buy animal products, I definitely try to make that it, make sure it's organic. I think that's something that's huge for me, and especially just, you know, animal cruelty to making sure that, you know, it's humane and organic. Um, with fish, I like to buy wild-caught fish when possible. I think that um, it's definitely more beneficial in healthy fats. However, it's not always super possible if you know depending where you go and it's a little bit more expensive but Trader Joe's <laughs> so frustrating yeah. <laughs> I can never <laughs> yeah so I do try to get organic when it comes to animal products for sure for sure um and so what I would love to hear from you is just kind of your overarching like do you have a certain mantra or method that you live by that's been really working with you in this phase of your life you seem very clear and confident and just you know open for growth and learning but also like secure in your thoughts and beliefs right now so what would you say is like your mantra or your life motto right now yeah i guess i'm just going with what feels good right now i am trying not to overwhelm myself with the future too much if there's anything this past year has taught us i would say that you can plan all you want but things will get messed up so um i'm really just trying to focus on day by day and living in the moment and being super present like i presence is i think the but the most important thing to me right now is just truly living in the moment and knowing how my feeling feels good um you know, more short-term goals nowadays, but I would say that's kind of the main, just, just yeah, doing what feels good, keeping an open mind and being present in the moment. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So before we wrap up, what are some of your favorite, okay, two questions, favorite grocery list items. They don't have to be like health foods, but what are some staples in your pantry or refrigerator that you are like, this is my thing. And then what are some of your favorite resources for health and wellness and nutrition? Yeah. So grocery items, staples, I'm like doing, I have like a, a image in my head of walking through the grocery store right now. Um, definitely start all the fruits and veggies. I think produce is like, I don't know, at least half of my cart for the week. Um, that is definitely a staple. Some sort of tofu is always a staple. Some sort of like hummus or healthy dip. Usually it's hummus though. Mm -hmm. and some almond milk, maybe a few healthier snacks or granola. Um, uh, frozen veggie burgers are huge for me. I always need to get yes. veggie burgers, some sort of wraps. I love Siete's wraps. Um, some frozen fruit for smoothies. Um, those what are your favorite... What are your favorite veggie burgers? I feel like there are so many out there that are... I feel like, like the veggie burger game has just been out of this world yeah. dr prager's is definitely my favorite i mm -hmm. love love their mushroom risotto one i actually might maybe i'll make it after this because it's so good um yeah but yeah it's funny my staples are really produce that's that's definitely my staples and i try to bulk up on um you know things like chia seeds or nuts or you know things that are pantry items i try to bulk up on for sure and and what's great about a lot of people think that like being more plant dominant or or 
organic and healthy is so much more expensive, but what's really expensive is going out to eat for every meal or, you know, buying an individual healthy smoothie at a store that might be $12, you know, that, (laughs) that, and and I didn't even realize how much cheaper it is to buy plant-based proteins than animal proteins. So beans and legumes and lentils um, are so much cheaper and they don't go bad. Yeah. I don't agree with people who say that it's so much more expensive to eat plant-based. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Um, Okay, so what are some of your favorite resources, whether it be a book, a podcast, a anything? Yeah, I would say books, definitely. I've been more of my favorite resources lately. I mean, the Holistic Nutritionist program that I went through, we read a lot of great books that I think helped me a lot. Um, but even throughout the years, I've always done research on nutrition just cause I'm super interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I, all of the like, quote unquote influencers I follow now are more of like doctors or, you know, like Dr. Mark Hyman or people who I trust more rather than, um, just people talking about nutrition. So Love those that. are probably my, my favorite. Yeah. That's great. And thank you for saying that. I think that so many people think that they just need to only follow like Pilates instructors or people who make recipes. I'm like, no, you can follow science backed stuff and learn a little bit and get open up your, expand your horizon a little bit. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, and it is so nice to see so many doctors now, not, not the majority, but a lot more doctors are open to holistic medicine and holistic healing. So I think we're, I think we're starting to get somewhere with that. Not, not, we have a long way to go, but I don't think no, definitely. That. I I definitely follow a few naturopathic doctors too, which I really appreciate, and I just love the holistic side of the world and herbalists. Um, mm-hmm. Just a lot of things I still want to learn more about, but once what, a bit of time. What is your favorite tea? So if if you could give away like one type of tea to women, what would it be? Dandelion tea, for sure. I agree. I, I post about it all the time. It's my favorite. <laughs> I like the roasted or the roasted dandelion root because it's just like so earthy. And mm-hmm. I gave it to my boyfriend the other night and he was like, tastes like mud. And I was like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Pimp yourself out. How can people find you? And um, yeah, I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes. But where are you at, girl? And what do you have coming up? Thank you so much. I'm so happy I came on. Um, you can find me mainly on Instagram at Rebecca Lee Health and TikTok at Rebecca Lee with two A's though after Rebecca. Um, and I did recently start a YouTube channel. So, you know, if you want to find me on there too, it's Rebecca Good for Lee. you, girl. Well, yeah. also I'd pimp out your intuitive eating journal. I want to hear about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I totally Hello. That. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can find my new intuitive eating journal at RebeccaLeeHealth.com. It's under the product section. And I think it's, well, I already know it's helped a lot of people, which is super awesome. And we have a little community and private Instagram for everyone who buys it, which is super fun and our own little private group chat. So come join the community if you want. (laughs) That is so great. Community is everything. That's Mm -hmm. so great. Well, congratulations on your adventure and your growth and everything that you have going on. I can't wait to share this episode with everyone. It is so valuable and it's about time we talk a little bit more about 
intuitive eating and getting connected to our food. So yeah, um, awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. And I will talk to you later, girl. Sounds good.